Hello, this is Ken, your podcast preacher, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is, Ask If You Dare. So what's with the sharp title, Ken? Well, let me first welcome you back to this podcast. And if it's your first time, I can understand the question. But if you have been with me for a while, you know to stick around so that you have the opportunity to be completely wrecked for God, in spite of what you believed before checking in on what I had to say. So, but back to the Nubian. Welcome and stick around. Same, same for you. Now that we got that out of the way, I'm totally fired up for this message because instead of pulling up one of the 150 messages in the queue, this one popped in my head through an image I had already made for it as I knew one day I would do a message on prayer. So, but now that you don't think me a bit squirrely in my message selection, it means this is what I normally do. I wait for something. Hopefully God, and he forgives me for calling him a thing, but do what I normally do. I want to post the message he wants you to hear. And no doubt I will miss it from time to time. Welcome to the world of God. But in as much as it is possible, I'm trying to get you the very word, the right now word that God is saying. And you see, this is where the magic is and that you are no doubt going to get something from the message that will help, because you eared up and listened to this message. So back to the, this is a prayer message thing. I am usually one to avoid such messages, as I'm still trying to work out my own communication with God. But you and I know that God does not call a qualified, but qualifies a called. Now I'll read that scripture so that you know where I got it, so we can move on from your inadequate resume and hope in him who starts at the back of the line and not the front of the line. 1 Corinthians 1, 25-29 Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men, glory only in the Lord. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Okay, so but Ken, we've heard the recording of an entire page now and still don't know where we're going. (laughs) Right. As timid about doing messages on prayer that I am, I did want to do one on asking. Yes, asking. And this may well be one and the same thing. But so for clarification, it's the ass that we will be dealing with in this message. Now permit me to make an assumption about my experience with Christians who are oft found in lacking and always wanting and needing things to get on with life. Now I'm not talking about the obvious brother or sister who isn't fully surrendered to God or nor the Christian who is in the game to take advantage of others who maybe are, well, maybe in the same game. Nope, I am talking about the authentically born-again Christian that hasn't yet figured out the generosity of God, and that if he called you according to his purpose, Romans 8.28, then he will give you what you need to function completely in that purpose. Now, but you might say, no, but Ken, I have everything I need for this ministry. It is the rest of my life that looks like it's in a concentration camp. Now, for this person who may think this way, and I am not dismissing that you may be in this condition, and that things are not tough for you. But I would say that it is possible that you are a half-and-half person, not a coffee thing, but a to-and-fro person, 
who is both walking in the spirit, walking in the flesh. Walking in the spirit, walking in the flesh. Romans 8, 1, 17, and Galatians 5, 16, 18. Now I say this, and I knew you were going to ask, because in absolute truth, it must be one or the other. You must be in one or the other. Now here's why I say it. Yes, this is a bonus moment. If you are lukewarm, it means that you think that you are good with God, when in fact you are not. One foot in, one foot out. Walking in the Spirit, walking in the flesh. Walking in the Spirit, walking in the flesh. You see it? It is better to be hot or cold, you see. If you are hot, you will know it by the responses you get from the lukers. If you are cold, and typically when we are cold, we take some action to change the situation. So in this weird sort of off analogy, it is my belief that you stand a better chance to change, that is to receive Christ, if you are cold. That is just walking in the flesh and not walking in both. Revelations 3:16. Okay, so back to ask. God will not only provide for your ministry efforts, but also for your daily life needs. Matthew 6:25. 31:34. So, but before I move on, I want to encourage you to write down or record these scripture references so that you get the whole picture. They will no doubt expand the effectiveness of the message. I know, I know, I hear you. Why don't you read them to us, Ken? Well, I do most of the time, but in this message, and I say again, in this message, I want to get on with the asking. It's the core and heart of God for this hour. The other scriptures will simply prepare your heart to hear the core. Because if you hear the core, then the world ought to be shaking right now. Why, Ken? Because you have entered into a new level of faith and relationship with God. But now if you don't have the ask in you to see how God is working in your current lack, then no doubt you will not be paying for anybody's groceries anytime soon. You will not be able to wear your world problem solver superhero cape and shoes. Let's dive. John 16:23, And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Okay, so whatever, back in my day, was something you said if you wanted to blow off someone, and what they said. You were really cool if you also added the hand flip along with it. But in this case, I think it means something else. Now, in my immaturity, I would read this and start asking, and then start looking as to where he would have parked that new car or bigger house. You know, just so you know, it is difficult to hide a house, right? But anyway, hmm, no house, no car. Now in my later years, I did indeed try this again, and ended up with two trucks. How can? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, and keep in mind, it's your fault I'm rabbit trailing right now. So in July 2020, God had moved us to Paradise, California, after removing 90% of all the 180-foot-tall trees and a bunch of other stuff. We had nothing in the way of right equipment to be in such an environment where we had trees all over the place needing to be cut down and reduced down to firewood. Okay, so hundreds of trees. And more would fall as they would die later due to the effects of the fire. No trucks, no saws, no wagons, no anything, no nothing. So one day I remember after having received a prophetic word for a truck, within a short while we were given a Toyota truck. I was so excited for about a minute when all of a sudden I was thinking that that truck would struggle in the working environment, as it had a stick shift, wasn't a 4x4, and had no tow packets to tow our trailer. Now in my mind, I stated this won't work or something to that effect. I know. 
How ungrateful can a person be after receiving an answer to prayer, right? Yes, I felt bad for that thought of my heart. But so in a very short period of time, my son had approached us and stated that God told him to give us a truck that he had been working on. And yes, it was a 4x4, had a tow package, and, well, it was freaking awesome. So moral can be specific when asking God for stuff. He is very literal. So when we ask God for things, I believe the timing and circumstances must be right. Your heart must also be in the right place. You need to be running for God and doing the things that he has set you on this planet to do. Okay, let's get to another ask scripture. But, but, but before we do this, let's decom the word ask so that we have some context to its application. Ask, verb, to put a question to, inquire of. I asked him, but he didn't answer. To request information, to ask the way, to make inquiry, inquire, to ask about a person, to request or petition, a question or inquiry, a request, especially a demanding one. 1 John 5.15 And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Do you know that God hears you? Everything you say and everything you think and everything you think in your heart. But now don't worry, he's not in the business of catching us in our sins and sometimes vile thoughts. No, he listens to your tears when they run down your cheeks. He hears them finding their landing on the floor. They speak to him of the cause of their arrival. Now that's a pretty personal God. So when you ask him, he hears you and makes a way along your faith lines. John 16, 24. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. So besides learning how to live by faith and not by sight, when we ask and receive what we have petitioned for, we become joyful, completely joyful, distractedly joyful. I have received things after prayer, such as financial help, so as to avoid bankruptcy. He delivered us not just once, but twice from what was humanly impossible to solve. When these things happen, you transition from being joyful over the answered prayer, but then make the transition to thinking about what just happened. It is this journey that you take as you are compelled to deeply introspect on the love of God. I mean, the fact that he rescued you in spite of you. A heavenly answer should always lead you to crave incessantly for the knowledge of the deeper things of God. Now that's full joy. John 16, 26, 27. And that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. You see, now you can know what your position in God must be so that these scriptures become alive and active in your life. You must know that he hears you and that he loves you. And perhaps this is why our asks are sometimes not given. You see, he sees all sides of time at the same time. We see things as they occur, or are expected to occur, such as the sunrise or the sunset. But he sees beyond the beginning and the end, and knows what the impact will be if we get everything we ask for. Now that's true love to withhold and ask from your kids, to protect them from what they themselves cannot see. John 15:16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, 
that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. I am living proof that you do not have to have it all together, spiritually speaking, in order for God to use you. Look, I'm typing these messages out if I really knew what I was talking about, in spite of the fact that I do not always have my spiritual act together. I am hidden from the world, clicking away on messages that will transform the way you think about God, and yet I am still in process just like you. So what's the magic? Going. Yep, I go where he wants me to go, and I am more than willing to do so even if I lose temporarily that which I have. Everything I have is borrowed from God, and nothing borrowed will follow me to where I will inevitably go. Therefore, loosely, I retain the use of these things so that he can manage the affairs of the kingdom without me getting in the way and latching on to something that was intended to be momentarily and temporary. But yes, when you are found doing, it places you in the store of God so that you can shop over and above what you need because he already knows what you need and has made a way permanently for those needs to be taken care of. So then why should I ask for food and clothing if he tells me he is already aware of it? Matthew 6, 25, 30, 33. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow, is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So now you also know a bit about what not to ask for, as our trusting in him to provide those things he said he would provide allows for a deeper and stronger relationship with him. John 15:7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Oh look, more help in the auto-ask category. You see, it's in our position that he hears our petitions. Abiding in him. Now, I know my audience consists of the Christian that wants to go from milk bread to meat, so you may have an idea of what abide means. But for the rest of us, let's take a look so that we don't have to guess. Remember, God is so precise sometimes. Decom away. Abide. To remain. Continue. Stay. Abide with me. To have one's abode. Dwell. Reside. To abide in a small Scottish village. To endure, sustain, or withstand without yielding or submitting. To abide a vigorous onslaught. To wait for, await. To abide the coming of the Lord. To act in accordance with. To submit to, agree to. To abide by the court's decision. To remain steadfast or faithful. Well, that's a lot of abide stuff, but it should help you when you're reading John to understand just how much we are a part of God. Now, abiding is made possible for the authentically born-again believer because Jesus and God are one, and they make their abode with us. Add the promise of Jesus that we would receive the Holy Spirit, and we are now housing the fullness of God. Knowing this helps us to abide, to remain in His will, His love, to serve others, and the like. Now, if that were it, we would still fall short of the requirement for asking. 
You see, each of these scriptures has a key in order to unlock the ask box. In this last scripture, besides abiding, it states that his word must abide in you. Now, unfortunately, it is at this point that we lose a lot of Christian peeps. And no doubt it is these that often go around with no asking and receiving testimonies. Because read not, they do. Ha, Yoda can't touch that. If you do not read your Bible but simply rely on the word you heard from church, or some small daily devotional to equip you to abide in God, well, you'd be wrong in your approach. Crack the pages of your Bible, start in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and so on and so forth. It is where the magic takes place. His word must abide. John 14, 12, 15. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Okay, so we know that God is redundant, right? I mean, look, we have four or five Gospels, depending on who you ask. Three of them are close and share a lot of the same stories. As you continue to read them over and over and over and over and, well, over again, the distinctions begin to appear, and all of a sudden you begin to see the personalities of each of the authors and the little nuances of each of their writings. Yes, all Scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit, 2 Timothy 3.16. But the Holy Spirit didn't remove the person of each of the authors. So you see that Jesus states the ask thing, ensuring that we pick up on the in my name thing. You see, without the name of Jesus, you have nothing and will receive nothing. Now there are other Easter eggs in this scripture. And as I read it, I hear Jesus talking fast for some reason about this passage. So we must believe in Jesus. This eliminates most of the planet. For some, not permanently, but most nonetheless. The other thing is to be doing the works that Jesus did. Now this is where we lose a lot in the church, because many do not believe that the Holy Spirit is for today's believer. And they support that belief from an old TV guide or something, because there is no support for that way of thinking in the Bible. I know, because I looked. A lot. So there's another small loss of believers who do have or want the Holy Spirit, but are not being discipled. They're not making disciples, or being equipped for the work of ministry. So this leaves a few of us to do the work that Jesus worked on the earth. But it is my belief that not only do we do the work, well, let's see what 1 Corinthians has to say. 1 Corinthians 12, 8, 10. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. We use the gifts we operate in to do the Jesus stuff, and to help others to do the Jesus stuff, especially those who are not getting discipled or equipped for the work of ministry. Look, Ephesians 4, 11, 12. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. If you are gifted and flow in one of these offices, then you should be doing the reason why you have the gift and calling in the first place. Yes, remember none of these gifts go with us. 
and there isn't any brownie points given for neglecting the sheep, God has given this generation to equip and release. We need all of the Christians to be doing Jesus' work. This is how we get to the greater works than these he will do portion of the scripture. Lastly, see the motivation of Jesus? To glorify his Father, who, by the way, is our Father. We glorify God when we do the work of Jesus on this rock. Healing the sick, casting out demons, working miracles. Glorify God, and I believe strengthen the abiding. I mean, who wants to leave a party like that? If I were alive during the Azusa Street Revival, I would still be preaching the gospel. Yes, even at 127 years old, I would not have left that party. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from them. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of life to shine through into people's lives. Find a seat and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.